You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM. It is 12 minutes after 5 o'clock in conversation next with Duncan McFadden, who is the head of research and conservation at the Oppenheimer Generations, who's currently attending the COP28 in the UAE, which is entering its final days. One of the key discussions in the deliberations is the financial visibility of viability, rather, of climate solutions, given the barriers facing the global south. Our next guest argues that technology transfer will play a key role in protecting livelihoods, building new innovative renewable solutions and safeguarding natural resources. And Duncan is now joining us on the line. Duncan, good Good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon. It's great to be on your show. Yeah, uh, with 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 the innovation and technology that is required, and also um, I guess speaking about the global south being independent when it comes to the development of such um, of such technology and innovation, also comes the demand of money because research requires money. No, absolutely, and I think some of the main um, thrusts coming out of COP is that we need to look at new technology. The global north needs to pay uh, for the the greenhouse gas emissions and that they are the the main culprits. And we are at a 2%. Um, only um, you know facing the brunt of it. Um, I certainly feel, and the uh, big story coming out of COP here is that fossil fuels need to be a thing of the past, and we need to look at green technologies, and we need to focus on green energy. Um, this COP is interesting. It's actually I've been to COPs before, but there's a, a balance in, uh, here of between negative and doom and gloom, and also, but also positive, and positive tipping points, and how a technology can move um, Africa into this, a leading position um, in in this space. And looking at some of the money that has been pledged so far, um, the host United Arab Emirates said that more than 83 billion rand has been mobilized during the past um, during the past um, first five days of a COP20 of COP28. But then the other question then becomes around um, how the global South get access to that money. Uh, we're having a conversation not so long ago with our international news editors, and I remember during COP27, one of the arguments that was put forward is that is South Africa really a poor country, South Africa a developing country, and should South Africa actually qualify from the money that is being mobilized, especially with that criteria around poorer nations? I mean, it's a very good question, but uh, South Africa certainly should qualify. I think we've all feeling the the pinch. Not only are we in the midst of a serious energy crisis, but we are experiencing huge temperature uh, fluctuations. I think we can all agree that uh, South Africa. I mean, the, it was in the hottest November in, in in ever, and I think the drier areas are becoming drier and hotter. And then on the other side of the continent, we're getting flooding, flooding and uh, storms. I was in Madagascar a week or two back, and they're having extreme cyclones. So South Africa, Southern Africa, is is feeling the brunt. Of, uh, of global north um, emissions, and that's been coming a long, long time. And, and we certainly should qualify. Whether the money is being paid over, I mean, that's one of the big discussions here. Um, you know, finance, finance to enable developing countries to really uh, take a grasp and control of their situations. You know, it's often the poorer 
poorest of the poor that are actually really feeling uh, the brunt of this, you know, uh, middle um, to top um, earning um, individuals and companies, you know, they can afford, you know, these um, to, to uh, keep abreast of it. But I mean, it's the poorer communities that really, really battle. Um, I attended a, a meeting this morning with the minister, Barbara Creasy, and some really exciting um, um, uh, developments coming out of South Africa with the Just Energy Transition Jet, uh, which is really looking at um, renewable energies, looking at um, involving communities and making sure communities have a, a say um, in, in, in what happens uh, um, in, in their world. And I, I'm, the implementation plan is it was launched and it seems really, really feasible. But again, it's going to need big money. I mean, they're talking a trillion rand um, to make this happen. And that money has to come from somewhere. The money has to come from somewhere. Would it only be the Global North that will be financing these projects? Or do we expect money to come from the Global South as well? And that's, again, a great question, because that was one of the questions I put, or one of the comments I put forward this morning. And that is, again, we, we certainly need uh, a funding from the Global North, but that doesn't get the Global South off the hook. You know, governments certainly need to commit our government needs to commit into this uh, um, initiative jet. I think we're uh, they're putting, you know, their, their their money where their mouth is. Again, private business um, and big business in South Africa needs to contribute. I mean, the the positive side of this is the many positive tipping points, and we're um, they're in reach. But the negative tipping points are huge and really it's going to impact business, it's going to impact communities, it's going to impact biodiversity. And if we don't by 2030, you know, keep the temperatures from raising um, below 1.5, 2 degrees at the most, we're going to see a, a mass die off of biodiversity. But we're also going to be experiencing um, social problems where people who could make a living now can't. And it's going to really change the makeup um, of, of, of Africa and certainly South Africa. So to your point, business needs to wake up. It's everybody's business. Cop, I know what's really jumping out at me at COP28 is the fact that it's everybody's business, um, both uh, um, people on the street, the civil society and governments and private business all need to take this hugely serious and, uh, and, and, and time is of the essence. One of the main things coming out of COP is that time is not a luxury we have. And there's a short window period. And if we're not going to make these changes, uh, we're all going to feel the brunt of it. Just a final one, um, Duncan. Was there any conclusion or resolution or do, is there anything that's signaled towards a resolution that says that uh, pledges and commitments that are made must be binding? We know what happened with the Paris Agreement and how the U.S. decided mm -hmm. to pull out. We know what happened with our just energy transition and the commitments that have been made by um, the global um, the global north, um, Western countries saying that this is the money that we are committing in terms of grants or even preferential um, loans um, to South mm -hmm. Africa. And as Minister Barbara Creasy has said, that money hasn't been forthcoming. Well, there have been a number of pledges and commitments 
Um, and let's hope they are forthcoming. One thing that I have been very pleased with with this COP is th that there have been 28 COPs before this. And people are saying that the same story is coming up, not only with pledges from the north, but also commitments in terms of climate reduction, uh, movement from fossil fuels and putting huge money into fossil fuels and not moving to a, a, a greener energies and greener economies. Um, this COP, um, there seems to be an acknowledgement of that. And there seems to be this feeling that um, um, stop talking and start doing and start implementing. If you don't start implementing, um, you know, there's going to be serious repercussions. So I, I've got a feeling that this may be the catalyst. This COP could be the catalyst and we could see real change on the ground, commitment from the global north flowing to the global south. And I think from a, with a South African cap on, um, I think the Just Energy Transition is the program to make that happen. Um, it seems to have all the right parts and makeup and seems to have the commitment and government seems to have gone beyond um, just a plan. It seems to really be a, a next step techie hitting the tar. They've raised, um, I think, in the region of 700 million already. And it needs to, obviously needs top up. But um, I think they're on the right track. And I think it's, we're going to do great things here. And hopefully we can say goodbye to load shedding and goodbye to our, 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 our energy problems. Thank you so much for your time. Duncan McFadyen, who is the Head of Research and Conservation at the Oppenheimer Generation, currently joining us from COPA28. And the UAE saying $83 billion, uh, billion have been mobilized in commitments in the past five days.